Hello and welcome to episode 67 of The Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based New York Yankees podcast. Uh, I'm Rob and I'm your host for this evening. And today I'm joined by uh, Mr. Mark Blakemore. Hi, Mark. Hey, there, Rob. Good to see you. Uh, Jack, we've got Mr. New York Yankees UK Twitter. Jack, how are you, fella? Ian, Rob, you all right? Yeah, very good. And last but no means least, uh, Mr. Ward as well. How are you doing, Chris? Absolutely least. All good, mate. <laughs> and it's not just us now. We've actually got a, uh, another guest on tonight with us uh, because I think we bounce a lot. You know, we pride ourselves on being a British New York Yankees podcast, but sometimes we miss out on a lot of the punditry and a lot of the stuff that actually happens over in the States. So uh, kindly joined by Hugh McKenna. How are you doing, Hugh? Good, guys. How are you? How are you all doing? Really good. No, thanks. Thanks for your time and thanks for coming on. I thought Absolutely. we'd just start off, as, as, as we always do with anybody new appears on the podcast, we have to ask about your Yankee history, why you're a Yankees fan, uh, and what that means, uh, and what that means to you. How long have you been a fan for, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I went to my first game in 1991. Um, so, uh, obviously since then, and just, uh, my uncle took me to our first game when I was, you know, a young buck and it was water bottle day and I got a baseball from Gerald Williams back in the day. And, uh, Paul O'Neill hit a foul ball to us too. So it was kind of crazy. And, uh, Ever since then, it's just been a love affair with the team and uh, just gotten stronger as the years go on. So, but a um, lot of a lot of issues going on right now with them for sure. But <laughs> it's there's enough to keep us. To, I was going to use the word entertained, but I don't quite think that's that's probably the word for it. But I think there's enough there's enough for us to talk about because we've we've seen some sights this week. We've seen some really really unusual things, um, and and I think we we have to. We, we recorded and we were discussing before we started we recorded our London series one and we, and we made some predictions but we, we started off against against the angels and I think it's well worth uh, spending a bit of time those of us that caught up with that because there are two major features I think for me that came out of that game and one of them is going to take an awful lot long longer to talk about um, but but mark do you want us just do you want to mind just kicking us off with that your views because obviously we had the Atani start which was the uh, which was the fascinating one. It was, and I was actually looking forward to this. And I, I, I caught this game, um, and I was really looking forward to it. it was a tiny I, I thought we'd gone back to um, to having Sanchez as our, our main catcher. Uh, yeah, he's still the main catcher, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I, I just sorry, I thought Mark said he'd caught the oh game. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Oh, a bit slow on the That answer. landed really badly, didn't it? Jesus <laughs> Christ. That was <laughs> terrible. My career as an MLB catcher disappeared a long, long ago. No, um, I, I was looking forward to this, and I was actually really disappointed because Otani's probably the most exciting player in baseball at the moment. Oh, none that I can think of, maybe Tatis. Um, certainly more exciting than probably anybody we've got. Um, and I was actually sort of torn on this one because it was great that we knocked him out early and knocked him out for seven runs in the first inning. But at the same time, I was actually wanting to see him pitch and hit. And we didn't see any of that. He had one at back as he led off the game. Did you know he was the first guy to lead off a game and pitch since 1968? Mm-hmm. Um wow. And that, that's quite something. So I was actually quite conflicted in that game. I really wanted to see him pitch, really want to see him hit. And we knocked him out after two thirds of an inning. So we're seven runs up and coasting and looking really good from there. I don't, I don't know what you guys saw of it. I, yeah. I, I watched a bit of the, to, I, I, sort of, I wanted to see it, but I ended up picking it up sort of a little bit later on in the game. And um, 
I was fascinated by Nesta Cortez and his his movement, which carried on into into next week, which were, which was good. Um, and he looks like a he looks like a different pitcher all of a sudden. He's doing really well at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's really good. Did you see that little shimmy move he makes with his feet? Yeah, he's he's like an old that. school old school guy, like Louis Tion style back in the day, sort of like just making it up as he goes along for sure. Yeah, that's it. That's a real talent, and he his arm slot changes with some of his deliveries as well, which is like it, it's something to behold. And you talk about Otani; he, he had that. I think I'm sure Otani had that bat against him one of the game in that game. And mm-hmm. was it that game? Or was it later on? Anyway, he he um yeah, I, I think the umpire called time because he had took too long messing about doing yeah, his little shimmy he, he kept doing his little leg kick and then otani called time and he started yeah. laughing about it too which was really funny and yeah. um uh he actually almost hit another home run off of him when he was pitching against him but he popped out to like deep center but yeah it was, it was still funny to see him like a crafty lefty go against like a, a talent like otani like that who's just i mean getting to watch him over here in the states every day is i don't get to see all of his games but just like you know you see his highlights and he's he's incredible like he's absolutely incredible is, is the is the does the buzz spread across? Because obviously it's a West Coast team. Does that buzz has translated across? Oh, hundred percent. And it and it's only gotten stronger since I think actually tying this into the Yankees. He just tied um, Hideki Matsui for the most home runs by a Japanese-born player in a season with like thirty-one. I think he has now. So like not only yeah. yeah, not only is he hitting monster home runs, he's pitching really well as well, and. I think with him getting into the all-star game and now he's doing the home run derby as well next week. So like, that's another buzz that everyone's kind of getting excited about with him too. So. And he's pitching and hitting in the same, in the all-star game, isn't he? It was the first time that's ever happened. I think that's what they said possibly. Yeah. So we'll see, but which would be kind of really cool. Yeah. But that, that game with Otani with the, the game that night, just, it was weird because they got him out of the game in the first inning and then the angels had to hit with the pitcher for the rest of the game. And then it was like, then there was two rain delays, and it was just a whole mess and delay of all that stuff. But I'm well, oh, it was, yeah. I mean, I, I was watching it on catch up, and I was glad I did, so I didn't have to catch the rain delays. And mm-hmm. it never really looked like a game we were going to lose until we did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did we lose it because we, we lose it. We, we, we didn't, you know, we didn't add much to it at the end of the day. I think there was there was you know one more add to it, and I think that's. That comes back to you got at somebody and he was he was walking a lot of the batters and then we got a decent score on the board. Yeah. And then we have the rain delays and then we have to talk apart. We we absolutely have to talk about and I think Jack, I've got to, you've got to kick us off with with, uh, with this if we can, because uh our, our, the Chapman thing is just nothing short of bizarre, actually, what's happened. What did you make of that, Jack? Well, I watched the um, I watched the start of the game. I watched him. Well, I was hit Otani out of the game, and yeah. um, well, I, was, I was below Mark. I was a bit disappointed. I um, wanted to see him pitch, so essentially the Yankees ruined it for everyone. They didn't let us. They didn't let us see him hit. They didn't let us see him pitch, and they lost the game <laughs> at the same time as well. So <laughs> they, they, they really were friends of everyone. But yeah. I watched the first couple of innings. Scored seven <laughs> runs. I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to give it a miss now. I'm going to bed. Went to bed. My alarm set for five o'clock in the morning. Woke up five o'clock in the morning. We are five, uh, seven, whatever it was, up in the in the bottom of the night. Bases first and second, no one out. Come into the living room, put the TV on, put the game on, and within 15, 20 minutes, the game's gone. It's an absolute shit show. Um, 
it's for me, it's the worst loss of the season, even including the Mets one last at the weekend. Um, the Yankees got the whole thing wrong. You go back to the fact they sat Gio and Judge, mm-hmm. um, as Michael K said on his radio show, it's absolutely clueless. It's absolutely that the Yankees had no um, sense of theatre. They are in the entertainment business. They are meant to be entertaining people. As far as I could tell, everyone in the New York area knew it was going to rain on on the Friday or so when it was the next the day after. Everyone knew it was going to rain, and the day after that probably as well. So the fact the Yankees didn't seem to know that and didn't think, okay, okay, we'll play Judge against Otani in this game and then rest him the rain out essentially. So. It was just an absolute mess from the moment. And Chapman, he, he he's always been a streaky pitcher. He's always had his moments. He's always had his his parts of the season where he looks lights out, where he looks dodgy. He looks like he can't get a bit a player out at the moment. And it's um yeah for me it was the worst loss of the season, even including the Mets one the other day. Still, I mean, I, I have to briefly add that I, I'm partly responsible because I got up and we were cruising. And I thought I'd listen to it whilst having a run. And it's my fault for having some exercise, basically. And I think I think that that's a lesson that I, I actually curse the Yankees by trying to shake something out of my fat ass. I'm going to move on to you in a minute. But Chris, what did you make of it all? What, where, uh, were, where, where, where were you at with Chappie? Uh, um, my, my first thought is stay in bed, Rob. Um, <laughs> secondly, I'm not a big Chappie's biggest fan in the first place. And I'm I'm just wondering, yeah, where how long we give it? How long do we give it before we start really worrying? Because yeah, streaky. We talked about the fact he's streaky, but I mean, how long does a streak have to go on before it's a big problem? And he's had problems in the past at times when we don't want him to have problems. So yeah, we can't keep seeing him go through streaks like this at times when we need him and we need him right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, th- I think you've nailed it because I think that's, it's the streakiness, the postseason, season, uh, et cetera. But this is the, what the, the chappy we're seeing at the moment. What, what, what was it? What was it like there then? What was it like over in the States when this is happening? What's sports radio well, telling you? What, what, <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, like it just the game in general, like with the rain delays, like they were, um, they were up in the game and they were up, you know, you thought they had a lead and then they came back from the second rain delay. The game didn't start till almost 11 o'clock at night, this our time here. And, um, you know, they had chances to blow the game open. They only added one more run in the whole game since they scored seven in the first, which was another, I mean, I know that's not the major issue. Like they scored seven runs, so you should be able to win that game in general. But, you know, like they had opportunities in the fifth, sixth and seventh inning and, they hit into double plays in three straight innings, you know, it just continues to be an issue with the double plays for them. Like they, I think they lead the league in baseball now with the most double plays hit into, you know, they, their ground ball rate this year is like, like lowest in baseball. They hit the ground ball like 40 or 50% of the time, you know, so it's, it's just hard. And like, you know, obviously Chapman comes in and, you know, it's, he has just a, an absolute meltdown, you know, it's, it's been going on. I don't know whether or not it has anything to do with this whole, sticky stuff with the, 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 if he's affected by with the spin rates and if it's, you know, if it's something he, cause he just can't seem to control his fastball, like glove side, he's just flailing on the way and he's throwing it and he can't throw strikes and he's just walking the ballpark. And, and then basically with Chapman and like we all, you know, with him and his fastball, if he can't get his fastball over, he's basically a one pitch pony and he threw a slider to Jared Walsh, who then 
hit a grand slam to tie the game up in that inning. So, and then, and then I don't know what, and getting into that too, with the, I don't know what the Yankees, they have this faith in the Lucas Lickie. Uh, I, I don't know what, what his, I don't know what, you know, why they're so, they love him so much to pitch. Like he's a crafty lefty, but he's not, I don't think he's anything super special, you know, like I just feel like some of the bullpen management, even after that happened was very suspect to me. So. But you, you talk about, you talk about how we didn't add on. I said, we scored the 10 runs in the first. We didn't add on. The thing that makes it worse about it is the fact we hit, we got Otani out of the game. So essentially the angels had yeah. lost their DH. And yeah. we were only essentially pitching to nine, eight, eight batters, eight batters and a pitcher. So yeah. We had that advantage, and we still it's the same thing. We just can't. We got a team down. We can't put them down. We we yeah. give them a chance. We always give teams a chance, and we're not good enough to be able to go. Oh, here's a here's a chance. Here's a chance. Here's a chance, and then take it away from them. We give yeah. teams chances, and they just take it, and then they they go and beat us. So it was just an, it was all round bad, bad. But I, I agree with you. I don't understand this, Lucas Lickley. I don't understand it. He's not um he's not a Lights out closer or lights out. He's always pressing high pitching, high pressure situations. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, they I, don't, I don't quite yeah. understand it, but I, mean, I think he had a good he's start to the season. He's not been a problem this year, Jack, though, has he? Really? No, no. But we're not talking about the whole year, though. Are we talking about this stretch of games? Yeah. And he was in that game, and well, obviously by that point, he'd the lead had already gone yeah. essentially. But he was in in the Mets game as well. He was in that. So when Chapman is on, their their go-to pitcher is Licky. And I just don't I think the fact that we gave away Octavino is starting to slowly catch up was because um Britain's not fit. Yeah, that, that's another thing. But we were, I mean, Octavino, Ottavino, we weren't happy with Ottavino last year and he was on a big contract, wouldn't he? I mean, absolutely, you wouldn't get rid of him and replace him with two or three pieces that are better than that and I think it's um, I mean I, I, I look at I look at the impact that Chappie must have on our payroll on our on, on how you know the, the impact you know you, you've got him and where is he going to go yeah. but I mean I mean luckily he had a chance to redeem himself a couple of days later um, <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to that <laughs> as we go through because naturally spoilers he doesn't redeem himself um but that that was i mean that was a tough i'm i'm with jack on this one i must say this was the loss that made me feel sick to the pit of my stomach actually this was a tough one to take it was a bad one yeah it really really stung you, and you could sorry, tell it stung I, the I keep, players as I well i keep saying you could throw this into it as well two days before or maybe even a day before you got cashman and boone saying our season is on the line Mm-hmm. Yeah, Our but season what, is on the line. But but then like the what best, Matt, yeah. one of the best pitches in baseball, and we rest our best to his essentially. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. It, as as Rob said, it's the one that I'm I still amuses me now. <laughs> for me, it was it was the nail in our coffin of the season. For me, it was all all hope had gone in that in that, in that brief forty five minute segment of of baseball. Yeah. That's exactly, I agree with Jack for sure. Like that, exactly. Like you can't go out two days ago and say our season on the line. And like you said, just sit your two best players when you know there's a rain delay coming probably the next day after. And you already had two days rained out basically for the next two days. So they essentially got three days off for no reason. So. Well, I hope, I hope the Yankees go to Major League Baseball and say, we don't want Aaron Judge playing in this All-Star game because 
he can't play against Otani in a in as he says, our season is on the line baseball game. He should be playing in a mean an exhibition game. No, no way. Sorry. Yeah. Jack, Jack, I love the animation, mate. I think I, I, I think it's brilliant. And I think you're back on the money, mate. I really, really do. Because and it is. I, I can if you're this pissed off about that result several days later, I'd love to have been on the flight. Yeah, your work. <laughs> it's your, it's your I, I was I was I was at work at <laughs> six AM and I'm I'm a grumpy person in the morning anyway at that type of morning. <laughs> But yeah, I was not in a good, not in a good mood at all. So glad I don't work with you, dear. Yeah. What about the other boys? Did you, when, when, when Boone and Cashman come out and say the season's on the line, did you think that was true? Do you, I mean, because I, we, we've talked in the past about how one of the shockers of the Yankees is that they, the tokenistic statements afterwards that the, it's, it's repetition it's we've got to be better we've got to do better you know this now becoming bingo a bingo card of just calling out the obvious um but the, we have the talk of the players me what about you chris i mean because you, you're so chris is a coach if they don't know he was over you know if you're the players meeting does what kind of impact should that be having at this stage of the game if you know around around about the, after this result I think it, well, the idea is that it fires everybody up and gets everyone up for the up for the next games, and and it's just if you, I think you're you've already got problems if you have to have that situation. If you're in a situation where you need a players only meeting, the situation's already very very bad. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to make a great deal of difference, if I'm honest. So yeah, I, I, I see the benefit in it to try and try and fire some players up and to, to speak some home truths away from the management and stuff like that, that makes it makes a difference. But yeah, but it, in terms of, of how it, how it plays out, you, you need the management to be behind you. You, you know, you, you can say all you want in a management, uh, uh, in a players only meeting, but then if, if one of the key players, probably the player who instigated that meeting is going to be left out of a lineup that's a huge problem like so yeah I, I i don't think it's going to make a massive difference it's it, what needs to happen is change and it that change needs to happen somewhere and and, and i i think we'll, we'll talk about it in a little while i'm sure but there, there's a load of options for how change can happen to kickstart a season um and a players meeting doesn't really cut it Nailed it. Fair enough. So should we move on? Let's just cheer ourselves up and move on. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember we've done this podcast when we were winning all the time? It all just it all just felt a little, a little bit easier. Um, we moved on to, and this was the, at the start of the season, we had to pick a point of the season that we thought was the most important that we're looking forward to the most. And I said the first Subway series. And so I was actually thinking, okay, we've got a park. We've got a park which just happened. If you can't get yourselves up for this series, if you can't get this done, then there's a problem. And so we start off uh, Tyon Walker versus Jordan Montgomery. And um, who wants to go first? Hugh, do you want to kick us off on this one, mate? Yeah, um, just, uh, you know, like we said, uh, you know, Friday's game was rained out. So they had put, they switched to the doubleheader. So Saturday was the first game. And like after having like three days off, basically, they came out and they were like, like absolutely lifeless. They were flat. They didn't 
you know, just the same issues. They don't pitch. They don't field well. They were bad base running. You know, uh, Judge hits a meaningless home run to make it eight to one, and Urshela hits a home run to make uh, hits a two run single to make it eight to three. Um, again, Boone with the bullpen. He goes to Litke, and then Justin Wilson, who has just been absolutely dreadful as a reliever for this team. I believe in 14 innings, he's given up like the double amount of runs he gave up in like almost two years pitching with the Mets. So like, it's just, you know, another reason why we're, where we're talking about allocating the funds, like from, you know, with the Adovino thing, they literally turned Adovino money into Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day and Brent Gardner. And all three of those players have combined for a negative war while Adovino is basically slamming the door on us in our face as he's, you know, pitching, right hand to right handed against us all the time, which is another, you know, talk for another day, but just, just another, you know, at, at craziness with that. And it's just like, when you get called out by your owner and manager and your GM, and it's like, you come out and play like that. It's just, it, it becomes, I don't I want to say embarrassing is the word, but it's just like, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and roll your eyes about it at that point. You know, it's just like, what, what else can you really do? You know? What about you, Mark? It is getting kind of depressing now, actually, yeah, because we haven't really got any... I think Jack referred to this a couple of weeks ago and he said, who do you actually root for on the team? And we are running out of players to root for. Yeah, we like Judge, we like Cole, um, Sanchez to an extent. He's getting back into the affections, but not everybody, to be honest. And you, I can understand why you're saying you know, season's over. I quite feel like that, but you know we're ten and a half back. That's going to be extraordinarily difficult to pull back, and, and it's not. And you can see the spirit, the reaction after that Angels defeat. That you could tell that really hurt the players. It hurt Boone. It hurt the management management team. But. Neither you are that confident that they're going to be able to do much to get out of this kind of morass at the moment. We're not yes. going to win games like consistently by getting four hits a night. Like between a lineup that we've got, we should be better than four hits. And that's what we won the last game of that series on was four hits. Do you know what I mean? That's just atrocious. Utterly atrocious. So that they, you know, there was a day, I can't remember what day it was, but they got out early. Um, and it might have been during the Angel series. They got out early, got batting practicing, got loads of batting practicing, and did a little bit better with the bats. And it told. But like, I, I just don't understand why we do not live in cages right now and, and, and just are constantly hitting. Because, like I say, Four hits is just that's just not going to play. Is there is there um, and you can hear the anger in our voices? What's what's that? How's that anger? Because it was this performance was pathetic, um, and how's that anger really translate? Because you assume we did we did the podcast on George Steinbrenner a couple of weeks ago, so I'm always paranoid about the press kind of thing and about who's gaining the positive headlines, the Mets or the Yankees. I know that's not a major driving force anymore. But these players have got to be aware in the bubble that's New York that everyone is absolutely livid at the moment with how bad things are. And is that 
I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Is there is a funk? Uh, you know, they're in a, they're, it's a nightmare scenario for them at the moment. I assume they're getting lots of heat on their doorstep. Oh, yeah. The, the sports radios over here, you know, we're just killing them every single day. Like, even though, like, the Mets can be doing well, like, it's because just how bad that they are playing for what they were expected to do this year as, you know, they were – Vegas had them as a World Series favorite to win the World Series this year. You know, now they're basically a 500 500- – team and it's you know even Michael Kay like Jack was saying he talks you know about the games and on his radio show he's just flabbergasted at what he's watching and what he's seeing and just you know like they're just uh a lot of people on the radio over here calling one trick ponies now because all they do is hit home runs and they strike out all the time and that's just not it's a lineup that they built you know for when the balls were juiced and everyone was hitting home runs, but now that the balls changed again, it's like that doesn't work anymore. And they didn't do anything to balance out their lineup. They have zero lefties in a stadium that is built for left-handed power. I understand that righties can hit it out to the right field and the short porch, but it's, you know, everyone is just killing them over here on the radio day by day. You know, it's um, the anger with the fans, I think, and even just people that cover the team have just gotten to a point where it's just like, everything that they say to try to like back it up and like say, Oh, we got to get better. We got to win. It's just like hogwash at this point. They don't want to hear it anymore. Like you just roll your eyes at it. Like it's just the same old boring one liners that come out every single day. You know, it's the same old lineups. It's the same old, they don't run the base as well. They don't hit, they don't feel well. I believe like the Yankees have like one of the worst, I think the average for MLB for, um, bases like for runners to go from first to third is like and scoring from second base is around like 40 to 45 percent and the Yankees are barely cracking that at 30 percent so that just shows you like how how one dimensional of a team they are you know they can't move runners they can't they're, they're like at the bottom of the league and sack flies with runners and scoring from less than two outs and you know and like Chris said like four hits with this kind of lineup is just it's not going to cut it it's just it's embarrassing and just it's like a whole new level of low and it's like every day, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys hearing it over there, but just from the New York perspective and even here, it's, I don't want to say that they become a laughing stock, but like they've almost started to get to that level where it's like, you know, now we're talking about like people are on the radio talking now, like, should we trade judge? Like, should they move judge if they're not going to sign him? Like, you know, it's like, Whoa, like what is going on here? Kind of thing. It's very, you know, total 180 of what we expected going into the season. It is, but it, it's what you'd expect of a fourth place team, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, they're not, they play, they play like their record is. They're not, you know, they don't, they they just are, they're a hard, they're, they're just a hard watch. Like, you know, they're not even enjoyable to watch play. Like they don't, you know, I mean, I don't know what's happened to Glaber Torres. Like he's just become a shell of himself. I don't know if it's because he moved to shortstop, but I mean, he came up in 2018 and, and 19, he had 38 home runs and now he's had, six home runs in almost two years now playing he's lost his whole power he doesn't I could take it if he was hitting for like an average of like 300 or something but like their best player right now is Gio Rochelle and Aaron Judge and that's basically their whole team you know that's it I mean and Sanchez obviously has come back around which is good to see for him but you know other than that I mean I, I just I don't even I can't even explain it anymore like you said they're they're playing like their record is and that they're they're a fourth place team and and that's the thing too, is like, they, they keep saying like all the time, like, Oh, we're, we're turning it around. We're going to make it, we're going to do well. And they keep saying that, but there's no, 
there's nothing changes, you know, it's like, unless something changes within the team, like you said, like making a trade or moving players, I don't see them going very far. I mean, they're already, like you said, 10 games out of the, the East and they're four and a half out of the wild card chasing four teams in that. And they're playing Seattle tonight. Who's ahead of them, which is crazy, you know, and they only have four more wins than Detroit Tigers who are rebuilding, you know, that's another way just to look at it. <laughs> Well, I think we all feel better now. Thanks, you. Yeah, just yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right, mate. And I think we'll 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 cast back to to Kev, who's always on the show, and Kev will be listening to this. And if you listen to how Kev's approach to the season was at the start, the the state that the roster was in, that we didn't have an, any lefty bats, and, and it was actually quite interesting. I was listening to Buster Omni's podcast, who was talking about the lefty bat, and I think the inquiry on Brian Cashman. It's almost like there's this. The bond between Hal Steinbrenner and, and Cashman is is such that there's no critique. You know, apparently Steinbrenner asks the difficult questions every day. And yeah, he doesn't strike me as a man who asks difficult baseball questions, maybe difficult bottom line questions, but that doesn't seem. But we'll move on. We're moving because we've got, we've got uh, two more each games got to... pictures of each other. Sorry, Rob, they've each yeah, got no. pictures of the other one in, in uh, compromising positions. That's going to be the only, <laughs> only, the only logical thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think I, I'm starting to feel. And I know a lot of people have been critical of Cashman in the past, but that's really heating up and something special. I do want to spend time about how, how we fix this actually afterwards. So if we just, for God's sake, we'll part of that one and just go, okay, for God's sake, let's just move on to the next one. We've got a double header. We've got a double header. Uh, Cole's on the mound. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <sighs> uh, who, who wants to, Mark, do you want to kick us off with this one, mate? Oh, you, you come to me for all the big ones. So, yeah, we, we weren't exactly sort of impressing over the Mets. So we won the Saturday game. Um, that was right. So we, we were rained off on the Friday, weren't we? So the first game of the doubleheader, again, we were looking pretty comfortable. Um, just heading into the ninth. And they said Chapman is going to pitch the ninth, regardless of what happens. And you're kind of holding your breath, thinking what is going to potentially happen here and it happened again first bad up Pete Alonso notable home run threat hits it out to tie the game then he walks a guy and then he hits a guy and I, I, I don't I I've never seen Boone move so fast in terms of going out to the mound to get him out of there that was the third pitch that was the earliest he could have got him out there I think he would have got him out after the second guy if he could but he couldn't um and then you could just see a beginning coming. They got men on first and second. Uh, Litke up. That that surprised me again. Another lefty following. I couldn't quite understand that one. Clearly they were they were saving Chad Green for the, uh, for the second game, and he was great in the second game, by the way. Yeah. Um, Their fan interference as well to deal with, if I if I remember rightly as well, which. Which is just the 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 the, the whole thing, the whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, it was a if I catch. Uh, guys, catch. If you, yeah, it was a hell of a catch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a hell of a catch. If you could imagine, guys, the listening a Warner Brothers cartoon and looking at Jack right now, because the, you can imagine the cartoon steam just 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 shooting out of his ears, because it was. And here we go, because I, I think we're dealing with a seven inning situation, and we could, we've talked that one to death, but. Uh, what now the alarm bells are absolutely because it was it was comfortable it wasn't much of a game but you bring Chappie in 
what's the answer now then when we get to the stage do you do you sit Chappie down for a long period do you I assume he doesn't go to the All-Star I mean <laughs> let's just quickly flag up a Roldis Chapman <laughs> well that, that's the funny thing about that too Rob is like literally right after that game got blown and Cole and Chapman pitched they literally got announced as All-Stars on the team <laughs> so it was like to add insult to injury they both got announced as all-stars for the AL all-star team. And I'm just like, holy cow. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm sitting there on July 4th. I'm like trying to barbecue. And I'm just like, I don't even, I was like sick to my stomach. Just like, oh, my Lord, I can't believe this just happened. And then they just got named all-stars. It was just like insult to injury. Well, I think you, that's just a, that's a quirk of the season, though, I think. I mean, we we are really quick to go and blow people up. I mean, and and to be fair, there is there is some more to talk about around Cole and Chapman particularly, but you know, it's one game. Yeah. It's bad timing. There's 162 games in the year. We're, we're really quick. We're all really quick to, um, to say, Oh, it's all going to shit when actually, you know, it's, it, it could be, we, you know, t- 10 games back. We, we talk about the fact we're 10 and a half games back that, you know, a good couple of good streaks and, that you overcome that deficit. Yeah, but that, that's it, true. It, it, but if you look, it's not just one game for Chapman because oh, it's hundred percent. No, absolutely right. Yeah. Where he's got an ERA, I don't know. It's it's definitely in double figures anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's around. I think so, it's around thirteen right now in his last like eight appearances. His ERA is like thirteen. Like that, yeah. <laughs> is that since he start? He stopped. Well, he stopped sweating. Has anyone noticed this? No, no, he's still sweating. That, is that he? man, that man sweats in pouring. pouring. He's still pouring, is he? Okay, because yeah, every time I've seen him pitch, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've, I've watched little bits, and I'm not a great his great fan, so I, I, I do switch off with him a bit. But yeah, I, I just there's been times where I think he's he's got through. I think he hasn't he hasn't sweaty. He's he's pitched 29 pitches and he's not sweating. And I'm thinking, what? I've not yeah. seen a man sweat as much as him ever. No, my, 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 I would be sweating. <laughs> my father, my father always says there's something wrong with him because he's sweating so much, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's just hot, you know. I don't know, but uh, he usually does. Yeah. I just, I've, I, I, there was a couple of games I noticed where I, th- I thought he had pitched a lot and he hadn't sweated as much as he had. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe there's something I'm missing. I need to watch it a bit closer. So, so on our agenda, we've got, you know, we got the Chapman issue, but then Cole and his spin rate, and. Are we now? Are we seeing that we are the team? If we're saying that we're affected by the balls not being juiced anymore, and that affected our game, and the balls dying, this change to—I mean, it's not for me to suggest that Garrett Cole, for example, used far too much spider attack. I'm sure Trevor Bowers <laughs> said enough about that in the past. Is this if this rule change? That game? name this week? No, 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 we can't. No, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, you are right. Yeah. I've got them everywhere. Um, but. But is this this is is this the thing that's going to blow up our season? Actually, the Garrett Cole the Garrett Cole situation is very very worrying. Is it is it a coincidence? Starting to look less and less like a coincidence every <laughs> single start. But for, for backtracking a little bit, but the, the, that game in the first game of doubleheader, the Cole inning where I think he went walk, single walk, single single, when they don't they scored three runs in that inning. For me, that was the unraveling of the whole game. Chapman thing is a separate thing. The fan interference, that's pretty much summed up the series. The Mets came in and just done what they want. And they just hey, okay, walked into Yankee Stadium and they done what they want and they shilled over us for 90% of the game, essentially. Um, but no, that that whole issue is starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger and starting to become a bigger, bigger worry because 
every single start. Admittedly, we're not getting him any run support or quite little run support. It's starting to look a bit more of a worrying situation, which we're only in the second year of his nine-year deal. <laughs> it's the last thing we are. One thing we penciled in this, no matter what would happen, would be Garrett Cole would be a ace. And that was a given, almost as much of a given as you can get in baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like a little bit worrying for me. It's just like he's had two starts in a row now against two big teams, against Boston and now the Mets, where you needed him to step up and be that ace that we pay him to be. And I just almost feel like, in a way, is it more of a mental thing for him now where it's like he can't use it or whatever he was using or whatnot. Like, I feel like his, like his spin rates have been down like for sure, but I feel like it's almost affecting his control more than anything else. Cause he's not locating his fastball. He's not locating his breaking ball. You know, like he's his, I mean, at one point this season, he remember he had like, was it he didn't walk a guy for almost like 50 the first 50 batters he fit or something like that in the, in yeah. the, in the season like that was you know that was a crazy stat that he had there so like for him i would say like yeah obviously it would help with his rpms and the spin rates but like i feel like mentally and for him with his location it's hurt it's hurt him more as you can see as the games have gone on where he's been pitching wise but so so do you think we still use him as the closer uh, uh chapman yeah, in the short term, because I mean, Britain, Britain's out injured. Otherwise, I think I think we'd be using Britain. I think Britain can come off the DL or sorry, the IL tonight. I think he could come off if he with his hamstring. So, but as for Chapman, you know, he was demoted as the closer in 2017. So, like, it wasn't like he this hasn't happened to him before for a while. You know, so you know, I, I don't, I don't see he can't right now he can't be the, like, he can't be the closer right now going forward for at least for the rest until the all-star break, I would say, you know, they have six games left until the all-star break, you know, maybe he could figure it out as, as a setup, but they have, I mean, Chad Green throwing the ball is as good as anybody right now in, in, in any bullpen. And I, I get like what Boone was trying to do for game, game one with throwing him only two pitches, but it's like, you have to win that game, like at that point, and then worry about the game, the next game. Like he was worrying about the second game as well as worrying about the first game. And you can't do that as a manager. Like he admitted in the post game, it's like, it's just like you like you shake your head and you're like, you can't like say that as a manager because that's just going to get you second guess, like, you know, day in and day out. Like everyone's going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, but like you can't, I feel like with the way that Chapman had pitched the night before and the way that he had been pitching previously even with the angels and even going back to like, you know, I've been a few times where he's gotten out of the games with a triple play. Like, you know, he hasn't been pitching that great in this closer situation to begin with. And like Chad green threw two pitches. There's he couldn't get in through another inning to win that game. And then you worry, worry about the next game later on. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was very poor, poor management by Boone at, in that situation on top of everything else. Yeah. I think you're, you're right. I mean, the 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 is the great Yogi Berra said that the the uh, this game is ninety percent mental and the other half is physical, and the, the game is so mental, so mental. Um, you know, particularly for a pitcher, you have to be in the right mindset. You have to be able to focus on the next pitch. Um, it's so important. You you just don't realize and. When you're being watched, 
when you you know if you're Garrett Cole and you know you've used spider attack as an example and he may have used that or he may have used something else whatever he's used if you know that and you know you're being watched it's going to play on your mind and he's struggling to locate he's struggling to do the things that he normally does but i go back to the point i made a little bit earlier it's been a couple of games yes the the stats show a spin rate drop yes it hasn't looked good in the last two games but it's two games no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely not as bad as Chapman. Oh, geez, Luis, yeah. Chapman's been nightmare. <laughs> well, let's move on to let's move on to the last one, and then maybe we can just have a, a quick chat about an addition that we've we've had to the team, and any other changes we might want because we actually do finish. And I think uh, I'm surprised that uh, Laura isn't producing Chad Green T-shirts now because of the performance that he, <laughs> that he gave us. Because um, yeah, LJ's God, clubhouse, LJ's clubhouse, LJ's sort clubhouse. that out, yeah, sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Chad's one of those was a great acquisition, and we've seen him blow up and be sent down in the past and stuff like that. But that was for us to to have the four two win and for him to be something sensational. That's that's the performance that you actually wanted. Now, Jack, surely even. Even Chad, for you, that that managed to give you your Yankee smile this week with uh, with Chad's. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really nice, really really nice. He had that really emergent season. I think it was twenty seventeen. Then he had his little down season in twenty eighteen, and he's now picked it back up again to the point where I don't see why you as you don't rest essentially rest Chapman until the till after the All Star break and. You, you can't stick with Chad Green. I don't see it can't be any worse than what Haroldy Chapman's doing. And even the wiser guy, I don't see why you can't throw him into a closer situation because his stuff is like filthy at the moment. And yes, he's probably not your long-term closer. And yes, he's probably going to be more your long man, but he can't throw any worse or do any worse in the press situation than what Haroldy Chapman is doing at this moment in time or until... Britain gets fit, proves his fitness, and he can naturally take over that Chapman spot. That's true. Um, I, I can see that happening. Yeah, I, I, I would go with them too. I platoon it between them two, give Chapman his innings to keep his arm going, but in maybe the sixth, seventh, and make a point of it. Make a point of it and saying, look, there's no more guaranteed anything in this team. We're not good enough to be able to go guarantee you are the night just because of your, your personality, your persona. You're not good enough to be in the ninth inning of a baseball game. We need to win at this moment in time. That's so you're the kind in the of sixth or seventh. Give give it to one of the younger guys. That's the kind of change though that you need to make. That's going to turn that can turn a season round. Like you know, you, you we talked about it earlier. But what what could could turn a season round? That's just an example of what could happen. Um, I just I just don't see it happening with the current management. I just don't see them putting Chapman anywhere other than the ninth. Maybe, well, they'll, they'll, maybe they'll, look, they'll look at the money, won't they? They'll look at yeah. the money they're paying Chapman. They'll go, we're paying him to be a closer. We're paying him the big money mm-hmm. to close baseball games out. And that's what and I mean. Like, unfortunately, it's... with the Yankees, it's all about the money. They don't see, they don't look, they don't use their eyes. They don't. Cashman's been around the game long enough. Howell's been around the game long enough. Boone's been around the game long enough for one of them to look at this and go, it is not working. But they look at the $18 million they're paying him a year to be a closer. And they can't swallow their pride and just go, you're not our closer. 
for the foreseeable future until you prove you can be. I think the Alphabets do that. They, they, they used to sit Jacoby Ellsby when we were paying him an obscene amount of money. So I think yeah. they can do that. And, just, um, and I... I I think you're right. It was a mixture of Green, Lysiger, Britain, maybe giving Chapman the odd game in some clothes if, if, we, I, I, if we have one between now and then. But yeah. I wondered if they were planning on easy, you know, bringing Severino when he come back because we were meant to have this super duper rotation. Um, but now obviously we, we don't. Uh, but I did wonder for the rest of this year if they were planning on bringing Sevi back and bringing him in the tail end just to. Uh, give it, give him some innings. I don't know whether that's doable. I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know what else they've got planned. But uh, yeah, that, that that was something that, that that could be interesting. Um, I'd like to see it myself. But then you know, I just want to see him back. Just generally, anyway, being being I know, healthy. I know, I know he th- he Severino threw off the mound the other day for the first time since his groin injury. So that's good progress for sure. But uh, so. I mean, from what the injury from the video showed when he was rehabbing, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than what's going on with him right now. You know, which is I wanted to see him pitch back on the mound too. Like he was one of my favorite players, Severino, to watch because just had so much emotion when he pitched and like he was really into the game. And, you know, like you guys were saying like too, like even just about like the allocating of funds, like they're, like, you know, they're paying Chapman $18 million and Britain $13 million. And it's like, if you're trying to run a team like with like, if you're so-called luxury tax, I know I can get into that later, but like, that's not the best allocation of funds. And, you know, I feel like, and another thing, you know, just like talking about when we're talking about players and like, they keep running Greg Gardner out there every single day. And it's like, I don't know what they're trying to do with that. And it's just, I, I look like he's been a great, I like he's been a great Yankee. Like, I'm not going to say he hasn't been a great Yankee, but like if the Yankees can make, Alex Rodriguez retire, who's one of the best players in baseball in the middle of the season. What is it that they're just not willing to stop playing Brett Gardner and call up or a strong Floreal or Trey Ambergery or Hoy June Park? There's guys in the AAA that can help this team, I feel like, to shake it up. And it's just like, then they go out and trade for Tim LoCastro. Like, yes, he's a nice, he's a fast player. He's good at defense, but it's just, I can't. It just makes you, I, I don't know, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so again, for me, that's that's another way that you get to, uh, you know, finding a, a, a way to make a big change is by bringing in somebody else who is going to fire the team up. And you can, I, I can sort of see the logic behind the Castro. He's a New York native um he you know he's a fast guy so it solves some of the problems we've got on the bases potentially that sort of stuff but you kind of need that person to make an immediate impact and he hasn't and and definitely don't get me wrong again go back to my points before we need to give him time but he needs to have it's not necessarily the impact that he's going to have on the field it's the impact that he needs to have in the dugout if you're going to make a trade and I can sort of see that not really working out. And yeah, I know what you're saying about the the guys in the in the the farm system. But again, I think the Yankees are using their using their book, aren't they? That they've got their little book of how how to use, how to run a farm system and what days we need to bring them up and how many times we can bring them up and put them back down again and option them and stuff like this. And and they're not willing to move from that quite rigid structure, which isn't gonna. Ain't gonna work. 
Yeah, I mean, they just they optioned uh, Tyler Wade after the game the other night. But I guess he's going to be on the taxi squad for the COVID situation they have in the taxi squad. But yeah. like the best part of it is like they, they trade for Tim LaCastro who can play center field. And then they run Brett Gardner, who's 37 years old out in that center field in both games, a doubleheader. So like, it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't make, I'm not, I'm not, this is, I'm not, I'm not trying to like get on Gardner. Like, you know, like I said, but at this point, like he wasn't brought back in this situation to be playing every single day. That wasn't what he was meant to do for the team. He, and like, he wasn't, but he's I, – I don't know how much better LeCastro is going to be yeah. than him. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not – yeah, I don't think so. I don't think LeCastro – I'm just saying, like, I don't – it was just funny that they brought him in to play center and then he ended up playing both games left. in center, you know. Yeah, he played in left field. Like, yeah, he took over from Andahar, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, but – I mean, the Hicks injury has definitely been a major issue for the team. Like, losing him for the season was the worst thing that probably hit the team because, like – he was a decent center fielder. He was a switch hitter. Like he, you know, he added that to the lineup and, you know, but other than that, it's just like, you know, you don't know what way to turn now. Cause you said like, they're all about this, like, you know, service time and like they want to manipulate everyone's arbitration years. And like, it's just like, if you want to win, like you got to bring these guys up, like, you know, like let them give it a shot. They're ready to go. I don't feel like that's my major gripe with the Yankees is a lot of times is like, they would rather trade for somebody than let one of their own players come up and try to help the team win. You know, the Castro like. deal for me was just an absolute nothing move. Yeah. It, it, it didn't solve yeah. anything. It didn't help anything. It was just a move. Almost to make a just move. move to make a move type yeah. deal. Um, I, you mentioned, you mentioned the guy's name there, Hugh, Trey Amberg. I've mentioned him before on the pod, his, his season down in AAA. I've got his right, right here. So he's 116 at bats, 319 average, six home runs, 34 ribbies, stolen best, stolen base, OPS of 978. I think he's got an um, on base streak of 38, 39 yep. games. Yep, 38 games. Tell yep. me he couldn't do what Le Castro did in this Met series. Tell me he couldn't do what Brett Gardner done in this Met series. It's just, he's, he's a 13 round pick. He's 26. So I don't buy the service time aspect of that. I just don't think they're willing to put him in, and it just shows that they're, they're they're just not they're not willing to change things up and make a change. That's the type of move you bring up, like a Gary Sanchez move. Fair enough, he isn't as highly prospect as a Gary Sanchez when he came up, or an Aaron Judge when he came up, or even a Tyler Austin when yeah. he came up. They came up, they had an immediate impact, home run, first at bat. Judge and Tyler Austin remember that. Gary Sanchez came up nearly one rookie year after two months. Yeah. I'm not expecting that, but it's something just to shake it up, just to prove that he's going to come up. He's going to have something to prove. He's been in the system. He's 26 years old. Bring him up, show something to prove. He might even do what Higashioka done. Yeah, I mean, Judge was, Judge was 26 when he up, came up. Yeah. You know? Higashioka came up. He's been through the system for years and years and years and years and years. He came up and pushed Gary Sanchez for a starting job. So why couldn't he push Brett Garner for a starting job? Why couldn't he push um, Andrew Harrell or Le Castro for a starting job? It just seems like an absolute move just to make a move. And it was just... And the best, like, was Cash, yeah, like, like Cashman was even saying the other day, like when they were asking about bringing up Ambergery or, or Park, and he just kind of was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to bring up guys that can't really help this team right now. Like, are you you're not even giving them a chance? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, no, I think like Boone, you said... I think Boone's just along the lines of... Yeah, we we pay attention to our farm system. We know exactly what everyone's doing. Yeah, okay. If you know exactly what everyone's doing. You see a guy with an on-base 
streak of 39 games, hitting over 300 and played a position of, of, of need. Tell me why he couldn't do what Lacastro the thing with the, the thing, yeah, the thing with them is like I feel like every person on the Yankees roster, they have so much job security. Like there's no pressure on them to like they can just do whatever they want. They can mess up. They can make mistakes. Like if you were back in the day, like with like when you know Jeter and all those guys were playing Posada, like you'd you'd get your you get your butt sent back down the AAA if you weren't performing. Like and they'd find someone else to come up here and play. Like none of these guys have any. There's no one. Like their their job security is too is too like in lockstep, like where they don't have to worry about it, which is like very frustrating too. Cause it's like, you know, they're not performing well. You can see it. How do they not see it? Except, except if your name's Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. Way. He if gets the name's more, Gary yeah. Sanchez. You lose your job. If yeah. your name's Gabe Torres, you don't. If your name's Brett Gardner, you don't. If your name, yeah. you name Sanchez, it, James Aroldis yeah. Chapman, you don't. Yeah. All these other players can play absolute dog shit for God knows how long. And they just keep rolling them out. Keep rolling them out because what we do they're, they're going to come good eventually guys they're better players than what they are apparently yeah that's just uh, who knows so Mark where, where, where are you on this then mate because uh... I've been listening very carefully because I, I, I think Jack's just convinced me to be honest um, no same here I know I'm a bit worried about that because <laughs> um, he's the, the analogy to 2016 is exactly right because that's what we did we, we shook up the team we shook up the clubhouse by bringing in some of these new guys and actually you convince me maybe somebody coming off from AAA is what we need at the moment, and it's not necessarily Chris Giddens. So I wasn't against the Castro trade. I thought it gave us something we didn't already have, and we didn't give a whole lot for it, so I didn't mind it. But I think Jack's made a very convincing argument as to why not this guy? Why not Amberby? I was listening to the R2C2 podcast, and, and CC Sabathia was talking about he would never admit it before he retired, but sometimes they're just waiting for somebody new to come in. Just you know, the, the players are crying out for that. Now, I think he probably means in relation to a trade, yeah, as opposed to maybe a, a younger player coming in. But this is a stale, stale team. So when I saw Louis Castro signing, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's one, yeah, that's fine. But everyone's talking about Marte and everyone's talking about this, that, and the other. But actually, what what have we got to give away? Because the pieces that are worth something are the players that we're talking about <laughs> bringing up. And actually, who's going to take some of the ones that, I mean, who would take, I suppose someone would take Torres now based on his based on his potential, but something's clearly going wrong there. But what are you going to get back for, I'm not even going to bother asking Chris because I know what the answer is going to be, but what are you going to get back for Chappie <laughs> on this? But what are you, what are you, you know, what are you going to get back for uh, you know, I can't imagine just to get rid of it. That's a huge salary dump that you're dealing with. I was going to say, you, 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 can, you can't not ask me that because what you're going to end up with, <laughs> Rob, as you well know, is a mouthful of cash because you're going to have to eat it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will be selling low on all of our players. Oh, yeah. But, and at yeah. no point will, like, for instance, in 20, 2016, when it was uh, 20, yeah, 2016, when they traded um, Chapman, he was having an okay season. wasn't having a bad season. He was like, okay. But you had teams that needed someone that could do them. It's just, for me, that you're not going to get a deal like you got him last time. Oh, yeah. You're not going to get yeah. the deals that, that people think we're going to get. They would say, oh, let's, let's trade this person. Let's trade that person. But if, if you're the, um, I don't know, like the Giants who are having a really good season, they they see, oh, we need this and the Yankees. Might. Why, why would they try it? Why would they give you a top-level prospect when they know that, it's it's not the player isn't what 
everyone thinks they are. If I was the Giants, I'd be knocking on the Yankees' door for Judge right now. Mm. Hang on, hang on, Chris. I've already had Tottenham off. We're not, we're not going to keep handing them all stuff. That's exactly what I'm saying. They robbed us before, and I, I'd be, if I was their that's GM, that, I'd be every thinking... time that guy comes in. Oh my god, I just see Rob's face. Andy Peralta walked to the oh, mound. Wandy. I just see Rob's face, and it's just like, oh, it's trade. It's just awful. It, I've actually, John, I've Hugh, actually developed on. a nervous tick on that one. Yeah, I, go on, Hugh. <laughs> I wanted to hear what Hugh had to say about Wandy Peralta. No comment. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's terrible. I don't know. I don't. I, I just that, that was another trade that just didn't make any sense to me at all. Really, I mean, now especially if you look at it with what happened with Hicks and Gardner situation. Like I know Talkman wasn't. The, isn't having the best season, but he's still playing heck of a defense. I, I believe he's on the IL now too, but at the time, you know, I just, the move didn't make any sense to me. And just like, even like, like Jack was saying, like with the Chapman situation in 2016, like the Cubs were desperate. Like they were trying to win the world series. Like that was their shot. They were willing to give up anything they wanted because they needed that closer. And even with Miller, when we traded for the Indians, like, they needed that extra guy to close out their games. And like, obviously it was ironic that both of those teams that we traded with ended up in the world series against each other in 2016. So like, I just don't think you're going to get a situation like where you could trade a Chapman who's now making boatloads of money. Like Chris was saying with the cash, you got to eat cash. And I don't really see to get any kind of prospect. And I just don't know if Hal is going to do that because I believe he's owed $18 million next year as well. So like, you know, that's something that's, you know, you might be able to, and I hate to say, you might be able to move a green because he's not making as much money. But like, I, I don't even, I, like I said, like I, I hate to go down this road and everything. Like, I don't want to trade judge, but like at the point is like, if you're not going to sign him long-term, you got to look into it at this point. Like, I don't, I hate to say that because like, he's one of my favorite players on the team, but. Yeah, same I here. Know, I don't want him but, to go anywhere. Yeah. But I mean, you know, just like, it goes back to the whole, like we talk about with the, the funds like i know it came out the other day too that like i know uh i don't know we'll get to cashman but like there was reports coming out that like michael brantley and kyle schwarber wanted to come to the yankees this post this postseason uh off season and apparently they said they didn't have enough money in their budget to bring them in like you're the new york yankees you're making billions of dollars every year and you have a luxury tax that you're setting on your own cap because you don't want to go over that and that's fine like you know, obviously people will say $200 million should win. You should be able to win with that. But like, if it's going to be a couple extra million dollars to go over when you have a new collective bargaining agreement starting in 2000 and you know, the next 2022, where you might not even know if the, what, what's going to be, what is the excess Like you literally have cut the payroll $50 million in a year. And you just signed Garrett Cole to a nine-year contract. And now you're basically just flushing down two of his years of his contract, you know, into the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, no, it doesn't. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It absolutely, and, and you, you nailed it 100% for me. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get that. It, it's the collective bargaining agreement that's coming up. That yeah. It, why? Why would you? you know, I know Jack particularly early on in the season. You were you know very clear that they weren't going to go into that place. And, and they weren't. Like, they they they. I think it was the end of. I think it was the end of last season. I tweeted out saying. If you think the Yankees are going to go out and get Bauer and this and the other, you're in dream world. Yeah, and we you, you are were... we are on a shoestring budget, and it was signs were there, all the signs were there. But as as you said, the collecting bargain agreement, there's a very 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 good chance that this two ten 
tax threshold is going to be taken away. Yeah. So they're, they're essentially, essentially restricting themselves, putting themselves under a cap for no reason. You go over yeah. it now, in two years' time, when the penalties kick in, it might not be there. So it it doesn't make sense. It It's a small team mentality when they're making billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. I do, a small percentage of me does see where like Howell's coming from when he looks at the 210 million or 207 million where we are right now. He looks at the Rays and what they're on. He probably will think, well, if the Rays can do it, why can't we? Yeah. The, the, the clue is in the name. It's because we are the New York Yankees. We aren't the Tampa Bay Rays. We don't, we, we do things a certain way and it's not on a budget. Fair enough. I understand he doesn't want to go to near a 300, 250. I get that. But to say that we couldn't have got, right, we didn't get Brantley and we didn't get Schwarber and we traded Ottavino to keep under this 210 is ridiculous because they, they would have gone over it by, what, yeah, I mean, 15 million, 20 million? There's a certain Scotsman called Kevin who is shouting his agreement at you right now. I can promise you. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I was with Kev. I was against him. I was very much a. I, I, I see where Howe is coming from. I understand where he's coming from. He looks at the 210, 207, where we are, and he sees the Rays doing it the way they're doing it. He probably thinks, well, they're beating us every year. They're beating us easily every year. Why should I spend more more good money after bad? Why should I keep doing it? But, what, what, but then what, you look at who won the title last year, which were the LA Dollars, uh, Dodgers, they spend the money. They they they're not hanging around. They they they're spending the money. That's the team you need to beat if you want to win the World Series. And it's I, it's slow. I'm slowly going towards Kevin in that sense. I'm starting to think. I agree. We I I, I we shouldn't go to three hundred million. We shouldn't go to two fifty. To say we couldn't have gone to two twenty, two twenty, yeah, is 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 insane. But like that's the thing too is like the Yankees are like they're almost trying to like outraise the Rays now as at the same time you know like even in the playoffs last year with you know i'm sure you guys have discussed it too like with the whole game two situation with garcia and hap like and how about you guys stop trying to outraise the Rays and maybe you should hire some people from the Rays. like the dodgers have hired people from the Rays. they have been successful now the new gm for the red sox heim bloom was from the Rays. like now look how much they've turned around things as well like their salary like i, I just like i just feel like I was, you know, on a podium, like I wanted Michael Brantley on this team because I felt like he was the perfect player to go along with uh, DJ LeMayhew. Like he's a lefty bat. He's a contact hitter. He puts the ball in play. He gets on base. Like he would have been perfect for this team. And I just, you know, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why they wouldn't even entertain it. Like, or even, and Schwarber, like obviously before he got hurt, he's what he had like almost 30 home runs like recently, you know, and he got, they didn't even like offer him a contract and he was making what he got like 10 million, I think it was from the nationals to play. So, you know, I just, that's my major issue was like another thing, like, you know, they should have traded Luke Voigt last year as, you know, they should have got as much capital on that for him as possible. Cause I don't think his value was going to be any higher than it was after last season. Like not only now is he not really hitting that well, obviously he's been injured, but he's not a great fielder to begin with at first base. So like, that's, something you should have taken advantage of. You could have moved Lumeu to first and you could have put Glaber back at second. And then, you know, you figure out your shortstop situation. You could have signed someone on the cheap, like Marcus Simeon, for example, who's doing awesome mm-hmm. for the Blue Jays. Like, you know, like it's, it's little he things like that. that like, guy. Yeah. It's like little things like that, that like, how do you guys not, if a common fan like us can see that, how do you guys not able to see that? 
as an organizational move. And they're not like they're expensive moves. Like they weren't making like 30, $35 million. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they don't strike at the right time sometimes. And then they strike too late at other times, I feel like in situations. The Brantley, I mean, the Brantley move was the one that I just, I just assumed that we were going to do. The more and more they were talking about that Brantley was still on the market, I was thinking, this is, this is a dead set. So, I think we've got to we've got to move on to who is the real problem. Then is the problem Steinbrenner? Is the problem Cashman? Is the problem Boone? It's probably a combination of all of them, or is there not really a problem? Now I like Mark's crossed his arms. He's had a, he's, he's had a, he's had a deep breath there. This is a, this is a well thought out man here, you. So he's going to give us. So, so where are you at, Mark? Um, because it's such a good question. I, I am now firmly convinced that, that the status quo can't go on past this season. I don't think they'll make a change mid-season because I think that would be foolish, no matter what we might think. I am now even more convinced than ever that we won't see Boone next season and possibly Cashman as well. There's no way Steinman is going to go. But I think it's probably time that a change may need to be made. So, yeah, that, that's what I, that's what I see. Boone's certainly probably not here, possibly not Cashman either. I think I, I, the the, I the pictures that that Boone has of Cashman and Cashman has of Boone might um, lead to one of them staying at least. I, I can't see them both going. I can't see them both going. There's yeah, no I mean, there's no way Boone will stay without Cashman. So no, no, for, for sure, for sure. But I like, I, I, I can't see if this carries on. Mm-hmm. If we have another ten game losing streak, and we we're in fourth position. In August, this time next month, if we're in fourth position with 12 games back, Boone has got to go at that point. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I know what you're saying. You think that he's going to stick out for the whole season and Steimer has said, nah, he's got to go. Something's got to change at that point, And it's got to be Boone. Yeah, the biggest the biggest point of the Yankee season after the All-Star break is their first eight games. I believe they play eight out of their first 12 games against the Red Sox out of the break. So mm-hmm. four, four games at Yankee Stadium and then four games in Fenway Park. So that's going to be their make or break point of the season, I feel like. Yeah, and like even exactly. the thing with Boone, like, like I feel like, you know, he was the he was the right guy for them to hire after, you know, Joe Girardi was like the military guy. And like, you know, he was very hard and people needed a new look like he relates to the players. Like, I feel like he did well with that for the first couple of years. But like even uh, Bob Clappish was on um, WFAN the other day and he was talking about when they hired Boone, they literally took him into a room and in the story he was talking about, they gave him a uh, analytical sheet of all the players and said, make a lineup one through nine of all these analytical stats. And he nailed it like one through nine for what the analytical department wanted him to make the lineup was. So that was like what pushed him over the top for him to be hired. So like, it's like, I don't even know, is Boone even making the lineups? anymore like is he making it or is it just all the the analytical team that's doing it like i just feel like like you said like it's either boone has to go with cashman or cashman is going to let boone go and get a chance to hire somebody else which like could be a disaster as well because like i mean how long is cashman like obviously he's been a great gm but like it's been what 20 years and they won one world series in 2009 and that's it like i'm not trying you know that might sound like selfish yankee fan spoiled yankee fan but like they haven't even been in. They haven't even won a pennant or even been in a World Series since 2009. Like, look at the teams that have been in it. You got the Tigers have made the World Series. The Rangers have made the World Series. The Rays have made the World Series. Like these smaller market teams have been in the actual World Series. And 
I would even like, just even getting there would be, and that's something to say that we would think like being, you know, winning all the time from the early nineties, but like, they don't even get to that. Like the closest they got obviously was the game seven in 2017, but like with the Astros, but other than that, I mean, like you said, like, where does it go from here? Like, so, so who like, okay. So Boone, like, let's say we, we get through that stretch. Cause we've got, like you say, we've got the, just before the all-star break, we got the Astros. Then we got, um, you know, eight games against the Red Sox. And actually immediately after that, we got the Rays as well. Yeah. So if that goes badly and we lose most of those games, who replaces Boone? Who who's the guy who's going to come in and and, and replace Boone? Well, that's the great point, and it won't be anybody external. It's going to have to be somebody internal who does a holding yeah. holding job until the end of the season. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not going to work. We're not going to improve necessarily off the back of that. I mean, I guess they could, you know, they could if they could let Carlos Mendoza, the bench coach manager, Phil Nevin, maybe. But I know everyone over here is calling for. Buck show Walter to come back. So that's another story, you know, that everyone is talking about, but I feel like, is he really gonna, you know, with the way the game is now, like, I, I mean, not saying that I don't think he could do a good job. It would be a weird full circle moment for him to come all the way back after getting fired after they got good again. But like, I, I just, I don't know. He's with a passion, doesn't he? Now? Yeah. I mean, well, he's working for them on the yes network now, but like, is he? you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, ba- he's back working with them, but like, I mean, I'm not saying he can't do it. I mean, he, you know, everywhere he's been, he's technically won or got them to the point where they were almost winning, and then he got got let go. Fired, yeah, yeah. But like, um, I, I don't know. I mean, is, there's got to be. I don't know who else really they could really bring it. I mean, they're not gonna. They would go internal probably for the rest of the season with somebody if they went that way. But you know, I mean, it's basically those eight those games right after the break are gonna determine whether or not they are gonna even add a small addition by subtraction or if they're going to just sell off completely of what pieces they can, which they have zero value on anyway. So it's like, they're going to get burnt over the coals with it anyway, whatever they're going to sell. So I, th- I, I think, I think Boone goes for ill health and retires out for the season because the PR message that the Yankees love and then Mendoza takes over or something like that. And we just have to ride this, this season through. I know a lot of people say when they want to burn it all down, but that's just not, they just, that's just not going to happen. That's just never going to happen. Uh, it's counterintuitive. You know, for me, personally, uh, the assumption is the boom goes. I think it's time to bring in a new GM who's going to shake up the analytics. And just, you know, if we become so drunk on the analytics that they're, that, you know, we've got the largest analytics team in, well, anywhere, basically, probably, the, probably larger than the stock market, then we have to, at some point... That there's going to be a, there's going to be a change of direction there, and I think that's going to be. But then again, you bring in because the the weight of the analytics, you're going to bring in somebody who might be even more reliant on it than than Cashman. I don't know, but I think I, I, I but I just can't see Steinbrenner pulling the plug on Cashman. I just cannot see that happening. Yeah, they're, they're all, like all the they're like they're, they're like he's, that. Isn't, yeah, hasn't hasn't the phrase he's part of the family essentially being used mm. quite a bit with, with yeah, Cashman. Exactly. So that'll basically be like firing one of your family, but. When 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 Hal came out and he essentially blamed the players, I I quite it, it, a part a percentage of me liked that because the players in a lot of sports get away with not before well not performing and getting away with not being called out because it's easier to get rid of one manager than it is a whole team. They do it in football. They always sack the manager even though it's the manager. It's the players that are playing the game. So I did like that aspect of it. 
But then you can't blame the players without blaming Cashman because he's the one that puts the players together that plays the game. So you can't essentially give Cashman and and um, Boone a free ride when they're the ones that put the team together that aren't performing, which you're blaming kind of thing. So it doesn't really work. But um, Cashman, I've always been a big fan of his. I've always thought the the, the job he did in 2016 to turn that team around from where it was to where it, mm, where yeah. it went. Um, the they they sacked uh, the, the, the Girardi because they thought they, he couldn't take us to the next step. Boone hasn't even got as close to that. Yeah, which is essentially crazy. taking the next step. Let's doesn't get us got as close to where we were. Let alone taking the next step. So I hated that move. I hated that move, but now I look back on it, it still probably is the right move. It it, it was the right move. They they did need to freshen it up. The the problem is they wanted a cheerleader, and that's what they got in Boone. That's why I'm very reluctant that when things go well, they go, well, Boone's doing a great job, because is he really doing a great job, or is he still just being handed the bits of paper to give to the umpires? That's essentially all he's doing. So they they call him the the puppet over here, basically. It's just, he is what he is. He's a cheerleader. He's a babysitter. He babysits the team to get off and get changed and get them on the field at the right time. And that's what he does. Because that's all they want. They don't want to pay a buckshot to come in and do a job because he's got too many opinions. He's got too many thoughts. They don't want someone with thoughts and opinions. They want someone that's just going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll do it your way. We'll do it your way. Do it your way. Because that's what the numbers tell me to do. Yeah, that, that, that's why we lost um, Girardi in the end as well, wasn't it? Because I think he wanted that little bit more freedom and didn't get he it. He wanted and... to be able to call players out. Yeah, he, he called out Sanchez. Yeah, he called yeah, out Sanchez, Sanchez quite a bit yeah. and he called out a couple of other players quite a bit. Yeah. And they, one, they were paying him a lot of money. They were paying him quite a few million dollars a year to do that job. Boone, they're paying, paying quite a few hundred thousand dollars to do that job. So they cut money there, once again, cutting money. Um, just the old school managers dying out of baseball. You look at them all; they're all apart from Dusty Baker. They're 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 pretty much all out of the game. You look at some of the managers of like Detroit Tigers and this and they just like obviously they're they're going for Hint, but even he's a relatively new manager. The, the old the old school managers dying out, and that's the way the baseball way the baseball going at the moment. So, do you think then? And you're going to love this segue, chaps. Do you think the crowd have got a major part to play <laughs> in in this? Because we have fans back in the stadium. Do you think that atmosphere, because you know that as long as there's bums on seat, you know, the amount of money they're getting in that's usually been in the past, how, how important actually for the team and actually just for the game is it to have the fans back? Firstly, do you think... Because uh, the gestures that some of the Mets fans were making at Chappie when he was walking off, you're like, ah, oh, if that doesn't get you wound up, if that if that doesn't get him focused and want to shove it up their ass, then then nothing actually will. How what what kind of what kind of difference do you think that is going to make? Have, have you been back at a game yet, Hugh? Um, I haven't been back yet. Um, I'm almost kind of on the um, the team. Like I'm not going to go to a game until they start playing better kind of crowd. So like, I guess, you know, I mean, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I used to go to all like the games all the time. And I just feel like even now, the only way that you're going to be able to kind of like make a serious change as a fan or the fan base is like to not go to the game in a way, like to make a statement, like to howl or whatever, you know, like even the other night, like with, you know, with, this is what I, 
when I, it gets me so infuriated about them with the money aspect of things and where they spend their money. They're, they make millions of dollars on concessions and sales. Like they, it almost seems sometimes it feels like Hal almost seems to care more about how much beer and how many chicken buckets did he sell than did we win the game in a way. That's the vibe you get from him, from the fans over here sometimes. And perfect example is that like even Friday night when they were in the rain delay with the Mets, they kept the ballpark open for two hours. They had all the concessions open and they were, cause a lot of times with the tickets now with sales, they have like um, all you can eat kind of thing, or you pay for it like for an hour or two, or whatever, or they give you like a coupon to like eat. So like, you'll be able to use your free coupon for all you can eat. And then you'll be able to recoup your ticket, but you won't get the free coupon for the next game you go to. So like, it's very like, demoralizing in a way like it's just like how can you do that to your fan base in a way you're the new york yankees like you can't you know it's it's it, it, it's almost like ugh, like it just wants me you know curse or whatever that's, you know? that's just, where you know, that's where the fans are gonna hurt that's where they're gonna get their, their voices heard they're not gonna go they're not gonna hear them shout yeah. them patchman out, get them where it out. Hurts. they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna care about that yeah. where it hurts which is in their pockets and yeah exactly and, and not going to the games this and the other but I feel for fans. I really do. Even little things like um, Sunday's game, for instance. You bought a Sunday night baseball ticket, essentially, to the yeah. game, seven o'clock start, nine innings. That then turns into a seven game innings. But you paid for a nine inning game when you bought yep. that ticket. Yep. Those little things are going to piss fans off quite a bit. Yes, I don't know whether it was a one ticket entry, so you got to see both games. I don't know. That's the case, and maybe that's a little bit different. Well, I know if you're planning to go to the game, you've planned your whole day around going at seven o'clock. Yeah, well, that, that was yeah, don't get me innings. started on that, Jack, because what happens then if you see a no-hitter over seven innings and it's not actually a no-hitter? You haven't seen anything. No, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was all, it was all a dream, wasn't it? Um, well, it's just like, that's the thing yeah. too. Like, even this year, they've been the win, The win like... counts, but the, 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 statistics, the statistics don't. Any, any home runs hit in that game, you null and void, off, off your record. Any strikeouts that you throw, should be null and void, but the only stat that doesn't get null and void or it gets null and void is the null here part. It just doesn't make sense. It, and like, that's the thing too, is like, at least like, you know, you were saying, Jack, you pay for a nine inning game and you get seven innings. Like at least this year, at some points when they had the double headers, they were allowing single emission. You could mm. watch both games. If there's two so tickets, get, yeah. Yeah. But now on Sunday they had split admission. So it's like, that's just another for them to get another gate in the way, you know, it's just like, it's embarrassing in a way to do that to people. It's, 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 it's stupid. So what the, the way I thought the easy easy fix is the makeup game essentially you're you're playing seven innings. The original scheduled game for that day should be nine innings. So the doubleheader, the first game should have been seven innings because that's the one you're making up. Yeah. The 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 second game that started at seven o'clock or half past seven or wherever it was, but th- should that's, be yeah. a full nine inning game. And that's the other thing too is like. You scheduled a doubleheader on July Fourth weekend for America, which is like the biggest hol- one of the biggest holidays in the United States, and everyone has plans on Fourth of July weekend. So, like, you you know, essentially, I know you can give the people that, but you play another series against them where you couldn't have a common off day. You're in the same city, or you could do like a a day night, which would be I feel like would be a cool thing. One game at City Field later this season, and one game at Yankee I heard Stadium. They were like, trying to do that. How they were trying to yeah. do that because they, they? they were trying yeah. to get it for like a cold Degrom. Sort yeah, of matched up. Yeah, they wanted yeah. it to be a full nine innings type thing, but yeah, uh, that'd be a lot. Yeah. That would be a little bit of a push, I think. But I, I just feel sorry for the fans that bought that ticket on Sunday 
Yeah. Thinking they're going to a Sunday night game, July fourth, Mets Yankees. Yeah, and it's like it's like and be for told a, it's only seven innings, not not nine is for, for like a family of four to go to a game now, it costs almost over like four or five hundred, maybe even six hundred dollars just to take a family to a game now. It's just it's crazy. You know, it's beer sales are like twenty dollars a beer almost now. It's like I understand the economy with everything going on, you know, that's one thing, but I mean, hot dogs are like almost ten bucks at a, at the stadium. It's kind of like it's absurd to me, you know. Watch, I can go get a, watch the crap. The watch I, the crap I, I, I can watching. I can I can get a dirty I can get a dirty water dog outside for two for five and uh, and a can of coke and I'll be good. You know, it's like it's just <laughs> it seems kind of crazy to uh, me. So here's a question for you, Hugh. If you're if the Yankees are playing better and we're having a, a you know a normal regular season and we're just a, you know we're let back into the stadium, do you feel comfortable going into that stadium? Um, with, yeah, with a full with a full crowd and and that sort of stuff. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like, um, especially in New York, um, I believe it came out that uh, like seventy percent of New of New York State is vaccinated fully. So you know, that's a good thing to hear. Um, you know, obviously, I don't have a say either way. You know, whatever you know, with that, like, you know, just but I do feel comfortable. Like I mean, you know, if, if I was able to go to the game, I just mostly this year haven't really gone just because of how bad they played but otherwise if it was any other way i probably would you know i would be willing to go like my brother has went to a game this year and my sister went to a game but uh i just haven't really um gone to a game yet either you know i've been busy or just haven't really felt the need to give them my uh hard-earned money that's that's a built-in excuse though isn't it the yankees i've noticed there's quite i would have thought that first week of them being fully operational that the fans would be pumping in because they were they haven't been for so long they were desperate to go this and the other and it wasn't it wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination um and i think they've got a building it to sell people don't feel comfortable about going to the ballpark there's still covid you know i mean people still don't feel comfortable when reality is it's just that they're playing bad baseball and yeah. people don't want to go and watch bad baseball call it spoiled yankee fans whatever you want people yeah. we still have the right to say this is a bad team that's what gets me. People moan. Oh, you can't moan. You're a Yankee fan. Well, I can moan because this is a bad team. They're playing bad baseball. It doesn't mean that it, just because we're a Yankee fan, we have to sit there and put up with it. Because if, you, if, you, if you're a Yankee fan, you know this is bad fundamental baseball. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because like even like I think it was Saturday's game, the day game, the Mets game, or maybe no, maybe it was Sunday or Saturday or Sunday's game. I think they had I think it was close to 40,000 for the first time otherwise it had been like around the 20s 25 you know around there like the most they had i think the otani start that was the most they had all season i think it was like 30 35 thousand people came to that game but then the second one was the mets game but like as you can see like half the fans in that stadium were like mets fans that took over yankee stadium pretty much so but you know just uh it's it's a sad situation because like i never thought i would never not feel like the need to like uh, you know go to a game like that's my I've been wanting to go back like to the game like I've been to uh, I live in where I live um the Yankees minor league uh a ball teams near me the Hudson Valley Renegades um that they just became and uh I went to one of their games already but I just feel like you know it's it's not worth the time and the energy to drive like almost an hour and a half down there to get to the stadium and the way they're playing it doesn't it's like not appetizing to me, I guess, right now, which is sad, I guess, to say as a diehard Yankee fan. But 
interesting perspective you. I think of all the double plays that you've missed out of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I so, mean, we've we, we've done a long one, chap. Sorry, Chris, did you have something? Go on. Uh, yeah, and I know it, it's gone on, but I, oh, equally, yeah, like, on, it's one of those things where I, I feel like we need to find the the solution. Like, what's the what what needs to change? Like what needs so I, I got a list of things that I can think of that could make a change, but like what, what do we see actually happening to fire this Yankees lineup into the second half and getting them? You know, we, we've talked about Boone going. What else is there that's going to make a difference? Because let's I'll face much, it, in my opinion, hmm? there's far there's far too much that needs to change. That, that you can do in season. I don't think there's any there's any one or two things that need that can possibly happen that will change the season around. I think we've touched on a few of them. I think we we talked about Boone going. That's one thing that can like don't get me wrong. Like Boone going and being replaced by someone internally is not going to be the end of our season. That could all of a sudden spark the lineup into hitting and everyone playing for a different manager. That could yeah, well, work. That's that's like what happened in um, 1978 when they fired Bill Billy Martin and brought in Bob Lemon in the middle of the season, and they were 14 games back, and then they ended up winning the pennant and won the World Series that year. So it's not like it hasn't happened before where a change hasn't woken up the team. I just feel like they need to do something to shake up, like you said, Chris, like drastically. Like there needs to be either someone needs to be traded in like maybe a well-known player. Like, like, whoa, like, hey, like, this is this is serious now, like, with the players, because, like, you know, or, or make a trade to, like you said, like, they're asking for someone, like CC said, to bring someone in, like, whether it's a small addition by subtraction, where maybe even if it doesn't, if it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't work for this year, like, they have a guy under control for the next year, like, someone like Joey Gallo, for example, like, you know, like, he's a good lefty bat, and he's, he, I mean, obviously, his price tag is going to be super high right now, because he's playing so well, but, like, that was another guy they could have had in the offseason that, I understand he strikes out and everything that much too, but you know, it's those are other scenarios, but I got all excited on uh, Sunday. I was out coaching with uh, great Britain and one of the guys got a tweet or got a message about Joey Gallo or, or a notification. And we thought he'd been traded. Oh. Oh, I got all excited <laughs> and it hadn't happened, but you're, you're right. So that, that, that's number two on my list is trade for someone. What my, the words I've got trade for someone with pedigree, not uh Lo Castro. Yeah. We need someone with pedigree that's gonna, you know, that's that's been in the game for a while that that's gonna have a bit of a spark. And and like for me, that Odor could have been that person. Um bringing him in at the beginning of the season, but clearly that hasn't worked. Yeah, I mean he shows I mean he does show energy and like you know, he's you know, he seems like a he's trying to be, but like he's just not that guy. Like, I mean, the perfect guy that I feel like would have been a great trade asset for them if, you know, depending on it was like Kettle Marte from Diamondbacks, even though he's yeah. hurt now, but he's a switch hitter. He hits for power. He plays center field. You know, he can, he's versatile. He can play all three alpha positions. So like the Yankees are just dying for a switch hitter. Like that's what they love. Like that's, you know, and the lefty thing too, like, you know, that's, I just feel like there's, like Jack's saying too, that just so many holes, like, you know, you don't know what to do because like they need a starting pitcher. Like, you know, they need, you know, they might need a bullpen arm. They might need, you know, another guy to play utility position or, you know, you know, where do you go kind of thing. It's like, you're trying to plug up all the holes in the ship and it's like, how many, how many holes can we plug before we actually, we actually sink. 
Mm. I mentioned Mate, I think, on a couple of pods previously. So, yeah, I agree with him on that one. But whether that'll happen now with him being injured, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I think it's a good time. I, 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 I see what you're saying, Mark, but I think it's almost a good time to get him. Get, I don't know how long he's out for, but um, it's, it's almost a good time to get him cheap because the Yankees are going to struggle to get him or anyone for 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 a reasonable like, price. I quite like um, Byron Buxton from the Twins, but he's injured yeah. as well. But the only thing against him, he's not a left-handed bat, he's a right-handed bat, but he can play centre field just as good as, as anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some, 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 he might, he might be on, he might, because he's injured, might be able to get him on the cheap as well, but doesn't really solve the left-handed issue. But it's something, something, that's one thing we can say. It's not going to be a quiet transfer deadline, whether that's yeah. selling or buy or, or trading for or whatever. It's something that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. don't see Boone going being one of them because from Howe's press conference or meeting or Zoom call, whatever you want to call it, he's not, not into making snap judgments like his dad. So, yeah, he said that too. He, he, yeah, he, 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 did, he yeah. will. I see Boone here for the season, whether he's here. I think he's out of contract at the end of yeah, the season. Whether, tough, yeah. whether he gets another one is a different discussion for a different day. But I just don't see that happening. I see Cashman here for a little, or quite a while longer as well. Which, which gets it's yeah. one of things. It, it, I just. But that worries me though, Jack. That worries me. Like so, so his contract's up at the end of the season. We're not paying much for him. If he's not doing the job, why not give someone else from the internally within the organisation the opportunity to turn it round? And I think, I say, yeah, if I the think if, if one this, of the things, it's just he doesn't want to be that. I just don't think he has it in him to be that to be that person. I think he's he's not like his dad in any stretch of the imagination, other than the surname. I think. In that sense, I think his dad would have got rid of him in April. But, I know what you mean, yeah, totally. Um, but you, you, if if you need to make a change for the good of the team, like you need to make a change for the good of the team. And the reality is, if he's not paying anything, we're not paying anything for him, and, and his contract's up, you might as well at least try something. Stop. Oh, I I agree. I think it's, it's definitely worth. It's what's the worst that can happen? Well, what is what is the worst that can happen? So I've, got one, I've got I've got one crazy one for you then, uh, just uh, just so you can laugh laugh me off the show. Jack mentioned about the young lads coming up. Why don't you bring the Scranton coach up? Get rid of Boone and bring the Scranton coach up to see the rest of the season out and bring those young lads up as well to help with their transition. To see if that brings the best out of them. Hundred percent. No, that's not that. I don't think that that's a a terrible idea at all, Rob. I think that's a great idea, and and that's another one on my list of things to do is, is, you know, we, again, we talked about it earlier, bring up not just one, but a couple of the, the, the guys from Scranton who are doing a good job and, and start seeing where they can plug in and, and start seeing what they can do. Um, and equally, yeah. If the manager's doing a good job or the bench coaches are doing a good job, then, then let them have an opportunity. Okay, but it won't happen. <laughs> Not the coaching, anyway. I agree about the young lads. One or two of them, I absolutely agree with. But I, I can't see them making any kind of radical coaching changes. Just, to... just to see the season, just see the season out. You know, just if things aren't going well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm uh, well. I have to head off in a moment, chaps. I'm afraid, but this has yeah. been uh, this has been so. Chris, what is the what on your list? You've got a long list. 
<laughs> what is if you could do one thing on your long list what is the thing that you would do the the, the most radical thing that we haven't talked about is uh looking at our pitching is going to be starting almost every day as a bullpen day no one's going to want to hear that no one likes that but the reality is we've got garrett cole who we don't know what he is anymore but he's our number one starter when severino comes back then we might have a number two but montgomery's struggling Hamon's struggling tyon's struggling I, I give them once through the bat in order each, and then I start bit start leaning on my bullpen. Um, so yeah, I, I, I start changing again. Just it's a big change, and people will be scared of it. But let's let's see our our uh, starting pitchers go through the lineup once, maybe twice at a push if they're doing all right. Like you know, similar to what. Um, Nesta Cortez did the other day. You know, I expected him to go one or two innings. I think he went three and a third or something like that. You know, he, he looked okay. If they're looking okay, leave him in. But I'm putting pretty much every single one of my my starting pitchers on a short leash, and I'm yanking them as quick as I can as soon as they look like they're choking anything up. You do realize our bullpen is just as bad as our starting pitcher at the moment. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> as in, I, I, as in, it's not. Any better other than Chad Green and Lawizer and about three of them. Chad Green, Lawizer, even he's been a bit shaky every now and again. And Nesta Cortez, they're just as bad as our starting pitching. No, I, I disagree. You, you look at Lawizer, you look at Chad Green. Yes, they're good and they're doing okay. Um, Litke, again, is, is largely better than the majority of the starters. Even Louis Sessa's a, a better option than some of them. So, do you know what I mean? I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not not relying on all of them. I, I certainly wouldn't want to see Wandy Peralta out there for a very long period, or Justin Wilson, for example. But I, why not give just just share the load around a little bit? And again, I'm I'm trying to find something radical to make a change because we need something a little bit more radical. And the fact is, our starting pitching and our yeah our, our bullpen's not great, but our starting pitching is it, 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 without Kluber and without Severino. Is garbage, absolute garbage. Yeah, I mean, they, they had, something, something they, radical you could do is um, play the players when they're fit rather than giving them stupid rest days. Well, that's the <laughs> thing with me. You, with could, you could play, 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 <laughs> but play, judge every single game you can. Damn straight. Get, get Stanton in the outfield, not a permanent DH because that's screwing us over. No more personal catches because oh, I hate that. Because is is with, with Sanchez playing as well as he's you can't have Sanchez sit just because it's Garrett Cole. Just play your best team. Stop having stupid little moves and trying to be cute and do this and the other. Play your best team as often as you can. Yeah, and if Garrett Cole continues to struggle pitching, then like if he has a bad out in next time and Higashioka's behind, he doesn't the plate, deserve that, to be called yeah. in the chops. He nope. doesn't deserve it in this and. It'll be three times in a row he's had a bad he's had a bad um a, a, a start with Higashioka. Maybe you, you say, look, clearly it's not working for you right now. Take charge. I want someone to take charge of this team and go, this is where we're doing it. Stop relying on numbers, stop relying on people buying computers. This and the other. Watch the game, use your baseball knowledge because there's a lot of it in the organization, and just play your best team. Screw it. Yeah, play the yeah. play it to the feel. You're absolutely right, and I, I I totally agree with that. If if 
if Cole and Higashioka have a go out again in their next start, and Cole gets doesn't get past the third or fourth inning, then that needs to change in the same way that it needed to change when uh, he was struggling with with um, Sanchez behind the plate. As I said, he was the only one that lost his job. Have every all the other players that are playing bad. Gary Sanchez was the only one that actually lost his start. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like Jack was saying, like even Boone, like, you know, if your job's on the line, you got to just play your best players, like screw it. You know, like that's it. Like if you know this is what you have to do, like, I mean, I, I, I personally can't stand personal catchers. I mean, I, I mean, Higashioka is okay to fill in, but like even I know not to touch on again, like, cause, you know, we're probably running on a bit, but like even the game against the Mets, like, P. Alonso doesn't do well hitting fastballs up in the zone. And I don't know whether it was a sequencing or Chapman shook him off, but they throw him a slider on an O2 count for a guy that doesn't hit the high fastball. Why wouldn't you just throw him on the, you know, like, I don't, it doesn't, I don't know. That's, I guess, for another day. But, you know, but uh, like you said, like play your best guys. That's it. And, you know, like even, you know, the Yankees had like the best ER, one of the best ERIs in baseball on like June 2nd with their starting pitching and bullpen. And even ever since this whole thing with the crackdown started, I think they're like towards the bottom of it now, you know, like, so you're definitely seeing signs of like, they were definitely doing something, you know, whether it was pine tar, rosin, sunscreen, you know, they were definitely up to something, which is it's, it, there's no question about it now anymore. Cause I think their ERA as a staff is over five, their bullpens, I think around a four. So, you know, it's, something's got to change. But, but you need, you said about, them playing, obviously, we said about them playing the best team, but you need players to step up. And I'm looking at Judge in this instance. He he's as a standing within this organization. He needs to go into that office, whoever's office is, Cashman, Boone, whoever's making decisions, and go, guys, I am playing this game. Yeah. The only reason he wouldn't have done that is if he was injured, and they're, then they're not disclosing that he was a little bit injured. That's the reason he didn't start. He needs to go. No, guys, I'm not sitting this game because um, Derek Jeter wouldn't have taken that. Yeah. Derek Jeter wouldn't have taken sitting in, in this game. He needs yeah. to step up and be that player that we think he is. The, the the standing in that clubhouse, he needs to go to these guys and say, look, I'm starting this game. You can rest me the day after. Yeah, That's another thing that with Boone that I have a problem with is like he's not transparent enough with the injuries. Like if someone is really hurt or, you know, a guy needs a day. Like I feel like that's another issue that I have. Like, and I get with the laws of like, you know, the medical laws, it's like, they can only tell you what you can tell you. But like one day he's like, Oh, he'll be fine. And then like the next day he's out for three months and it's just like, you know, what the heck is going on here? Like, and that's the scary thing about this team too, is like, you know, thankfully they really haven't had too many injuries this year with the main players, you know? And that's why I feel like it's even more like mind boggling at how bad they're playing, you know? Totally. Totally. I think this has been uh, this has been a cracker, and it's been absolutely fantastic having you on, Hugh. Because I think oh, we've covered. I I feel uh, you know I feel a lot better actually now we've done this one. I think there's some really great. I don't disagree with your idea, Chris, by any stretch of the imagination. Actually, I think sometimes if it's falling shit, just tear it up and in different ways and get creative. I think that's how most business decisions. Those the Yankees are more of a business than anything else right now. I don't have a problem with that, but I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up now, guys. But it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. So what we always do is 
we do our very briefly do our predictions for the next few games. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can cope with that. Um, it might be. I think we'll leave that one because we've got the All Star coming up. So let's just crack on with where we can find everyone. So we'll start with you, Chris. Where where can everyone find you, mate? You can find me at Free Rain UK on uh, Twitter, or um, yeah, find. The Guildford Mavs at Guildford Mavs, and uh, you'll know that I do other stuff as well. So I coach uh, the Bells baseball, uh, the women, one of the women's teams in the UK, and also uh, you'll you'll find some stuff not necessarily from me, but um, yeah, about me around GB baseball as well for Great Britain. It was great to see your daughter having a crack today. That was a fantastic pictures to see, mate. That was a, must have been a beautiful moment for you, mate. Um, shout out to the belt. I mean, like it's been fantastic coaching uh, a women's team this year. I mean, they are so hungry to be better and be good and be the best and have fun and all those sort of things. And it's such fun to, to be a part of. And then I bring my daughter to one of the games and they just treat her like absolute royalty. Um, so if anything's going to get her into baseball, it's going to be that. And like, I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they did such a wonderful job of, of looking after her and allowing me to coach whilst looking after her and, and, um, but also allowing me the time with her on the field too. So, wow. Yeah. Um, Brilliant, mate. days I won't forget. Brilliant. And, and, and somebody else who's got the, uh, you've, you've, you've heard of another cameo appearing during the pod tonight. The other future of British baseball we're sitting is has been with Jack for the podcast. Um, Jack, where can we find you both? Um, uh, at NY Yankees UK is where I might mainly tweet from. Um, yeah, you'll find me on there and you'll find my depressing thoughts on this current Yankee team. Uh, well, Mark, what about you, mate? Oh, sorry. I was just going to wonder who, who the little one was because all we saw was his little head bobbing about. Yeah. Oh, that, was, that was Thomas. <laughs> that was my um, seven, eight month old son who should be fast asleep but he's not he's sitting down there playing with the watching basket so I'm timed good lad good lad keep your dad up Thomas good work my son uh, what about you then Mark you can find me on Twitter at Mark Blakemore I'm at Rob Ratty and I'm doing a lot of stuff in the Facebook group and we've got the moan zone but that would be rude not to finish up with Hugh it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us tonight where can everyone uh, do your, your stuff because uh, you know obviously where the TikTok videos and the, the conversations yeah. you've had over Twitter mate uh, yeah it's uh, you know like I said it's been an honour to talk to you guys and appreciate you guys having me on it's a blast uh, love to do it again but uh, you know you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, here's to sports um, I'm also on Instagram at here's to sports as well and um, TikTok is uh uh, at Hugh McKenna 75. And that's usually where I go ranting and raving. And uh, I have my uh, blog website at here's sports.com. So yeah, you, you, that's how you kind of found me through the, through the videos on TikTok there. So I guess that's if right. I was doing something, something right, I guess ranting and raving. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend it because as it's first thing in the morning here and I just sat down and I thought you've managed to sum them up perfectly the last, over the last couple of weeks. So I'm, and I'm sure on behalf of all the boys, really grateful you could appear on with us. It's been a, it's been a fantastic different dimension to have with us and it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, you. Uh, and, uh, and following that one, just say goodnight to everyone and we'll see you on the other side of the All-Star game. Yay!